it's wonderful to see you this morning and to have the opportunity to share again here at the Nations. This is the last Sunday that I'll be here for a while. I take out on Wednesday and back to the Himalayas um, to join our team there. And also, we have a team leaving right here from the Nations. They depart, I think, tomorrow. That's right. So um, there's actually four people going. They're going a little bit separate times. But if you're going, could you stand up? I think... There we go, there we go, Grace and, and Nani, she's going. We have one other who's going. Let's give them a round of applause. <clears throat> They're going out to the field and uh, going to be participating in different things out there in the Himalayas. And just as they do that, I'd like for us to join together as a church and pray with them. Uh, that we can go as one body and that as they go, we're right behind them in our prayers and our encouragement and that what they do, we do together. So let's pray for them right now. Father, we thank you um, that you have drawn hearts to your work in the highest part of the world, the Himalayas. And uh, Father, we learned last week in our Mission Sunday the great need that exists in that part of the world where the gospel has many times never been shared, never been heard of. Your name has never been declared. And I thank you that you would empower these four team members that are launching out tomorrow to go to the Himalayas and with them, Lord, let them go with your strength, with your anointing and with your power to bring great healing to hearts, to bring liberty to those who are bound and held captive. And I thank you that the words that they speak will be ones of truth and life and will bring a miracle in the heart of all the hearers that hear them, Father. We thank you for their protection and that you are with them every step of their journey. And that as they travel back to us, they are filled with the reports of witnessing your spirit at work in the hearts of men. Father, we thank you for all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Everyone said, <clears throat> amen, amen. Well, hopefully you received some sermon notes when you came in today. I have a sermon and I've entitled it, At Risk. If you don't have notes, raise your hand and the ushers will get those to you. I think we have someone up here on the front row, Patrick, when you have a chance. Um, Today I have, uh, as I've said, entitled this sermon, At Risk. I'm going to be talking about risk in our lives and the risk that comes to us in different areas. And maybe you can think of a moment in your life when you were at risk and uh, you were up against something and you didn't know the outcome. The consequences were very great. And certainly we, when we are there at that moment of risk, all of our, our senses are heightened. And I can remember one time that Jenny and I, along with the kids, we were on a road trip in the United States, and uh, someone else was driving, and I was in the passenger seat, and I had fallen asleep, Jenny and the kids in the back seat had fallen asleep, and unfortunately, the driver had fallen asleep. And um, here I am in a complete state of dreaming and off into some other world, and the car swerves with such force because this person who was driving fell asleep that it jolted me so quick out of my sleep. How many have ever experienced something like that? Just wakes you up instantly. And I can remember just thinking about the kids and Jenny in the back seat. Oh my, I hope they're okay. This, this panic hit my heart. You know, everything was fine. There was no other cars around or anything. We remained steady on the road. But it took about probably two hours for my heart to calm down. 
And uh, still, I'm very reluctant to fall asleep in the car if someone else is driving because that memory is etched, you know, deep in my consciousness. There was a time where I was at risk and the family was at risk and it heightened my senses and it, it, it did something on the insides. And, and uh, you know, God calls us, not in that type of risk, but God calls us to take risk as Christians. That doesn't mean that we get on the highway and we fall asleep and say, God, I'm trusting you. It's not what I'm talking about. But God leads us down paths in life where we don't know what the outcome is going to be, where we can't plan at all. And maybe there are some of you here today, you like to have things really structured into your life. It provides you with that sense of security and foundation that you love and covet. And when you have to step out of that security, your insecurities can be really heightened. But yet it is impossible to avoid a Christian walk without answering God's call to take big risk at certain junctures of our life and at times. And so today I want to talk about this issue of taking risk and how actually God uses these moments when he puts us at risk to define our journey, to define his work in us, and define how he uses us in this world. And there is a scripture found in Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 38, it says this, but my righteous ones will live by faith and listen to these strong words that come from the mouth of God. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. One version of the text here says, God takes no pleasure in those who draw back or shrink back. God is looking for individuals, and we can see great precedent in his word, of people who will come to the edge of impossible circumstances where they don't know the outcome, where if they take the next step, either God shows up or it's all over. God is looking for those people who will step off into a place of great risk, into a place where they are thrown completely into the arms of God, and all of their dependence and trust and reliance must be put upon him. There is nothing that pleases the heart of God more than when you have that kind of trust in his ability. God takes no pleasure when we play it safe in life. God takes no pleasure when we plan everything out with our own security in mind and we don't step out into the unknown and have to trust him for big monumental things in our life. Now, I'm not encouraging you as a sign of this to go up to the top of the highest building you can find and jump off and say, I'm taking a risk today. Don't do it. Gravity will have its perfect work in your life. And uh, I'm sure that God will greet you in heaven and say, what were you thinking? But I would encourage you, be led by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit leads you down a path where risk is involved, don't think in your mind, because my heart is frightened, because there is risk here, this can't be God. 
No. Sometimes it's a sign that that's exactly the road that God has for you to go down. And I'm sure that many of you have testimonies in your life of where you've walked in uncertainty and you haven't known the outcome, you couldn't plan it. But I believe that God is calling us into a lifestyle of taking risk for the kingdom of God, for God's grand purposes. And I can remember certain times when Jenny and I, we would be forced with making some big decisions that affect many areas of our life. And we would have that conversation, are we sure that this is the right thing to do? She would look at me and she would say, I don't know. Are you sure? I I don't really know either. I'm not sure either. But there was something inside of us sensing to put our trust in God. And and I can remember one time I I said, I'll jump if you'll jump. She said, no, I'll jump if you'll jump. I said, well, let's jump together. And so we made decisions at times that completely meant that if God didn't show up, it was going to be disaster. And those moments are the hallmark moments of our life. Those are the moments when God proved himself so faithful and so strong and so able that it grew our courage and our boldness to trust God for more And to be honest with you, that led to more risk. (laughs) That led to greater leaps. So if you're that reserved person here today who likes to have it all blueprinted out and planned out and, and so you can feel safe and secure, I believe God is nudging you today. He is nudging you out of that planned, safe environment and calling you to take risk for the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at some examples here, very powerful examples, practical for our daily lives of men and women in the Bible who took great risk. Point number one, at risk, if you're filling in your notes, the first word there for the blank is financially, at risk financially. And uh, it's an area of our life that hits us all, that probably we've all made some decisions in our journey that haven't been the smartest financially. We wish we could have taken back. We were impulsive and bought something maybe we shouldn't have or got into debt. But there is a call of God that comes to one of his followers here where he risked his finances and put them and consign them over to God's hands. I want to look at this story. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 19 and 21. It's the story of when Elijah calls Elisha. And if you remember the story in the Old Testament, Elijah worked so many miracles, but Elisha even worked double those miracles. And we have here in this reading the story of when Elisha is called and his response and the risk that he took. It says here, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Saphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen, and he slaughtered them, and he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and give it to the people, and they ate, and he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Now think of this 
business, the family business that Elijah had with 12 oxen, a sign that he was successful, a sign that he had enough fields and enough crops that would put 12 oxen to work. Here he is with all of his family income, all of his dreams and business plan for the future that he had set up, and I am sure he had worked for many years to establish it to this state. Here it is, his finances, his financial security. But yet God comes to him and taps him on the shoulder and says, now I want you to follow after me in following Elijah. Now, we don't know if there was an argument in the heart of Elijah. We don't read that. We, what we do here is his response to the call of God. And I am almost positive that for a brief moment, because Elisha was a human like you and I, that he entertained and he began to ran, run the calculations in his mind. Have you ever done that? When you're posed with making a decision, you immediately start to go through all of the consequences that if I make this decision, this could be the outcome. And we tend to go to the worst case scenario, don't we? <laughs> And I'm sure that Elijah was processing this monumental decision in front of him. But he doesn't pause for long. He goes to his oxen. He takes his business. He takes the instrument of his trade. And he slaughters the oxen. He takes the wood from the yoke and makes an altar. And there he sacrifices to the Lord and feeds the people. He is willing to step out of what he knows, out of what he is comfortable in, into a place of great risk, and entrust himself into something that he cannot see with his natural eye. He cannot plan with a business plan, but he's saying, God, my future, my finances are in your hands. I'm going to follow you. He took a risk financially to follow and obey the Lord. And I can promise you this. The scripture tells us that that love of money and those finances occupy such a deep part in our heart. And there will, if you decide to follow God, there will be moments and times in your journey where God asks you to take financial risk. And trust him even when it doesn't make sense. I'm not talking about tithes or offerings or anything given to the church here. I'm talking about something that occupies a place in your heart where you learn to trust in it or you develop a dependency on it and a security in trusting in it it that occupies a place that was designed only for God. And when it has a grip on your heart... And when it motivates you and motivates all of your decisions, and in life your journey is shaped by not wanting to risk it financially, then you become a slave (laughs) to finances and are not free to follow and respond to the voice and the call of God. I have no idea what that is for you, I'm not that clever. I don't even know what it is for me, but I know this, that if we'll attune ourselves to the Holy Spirit, he will lead us to points in our journey when we are called to risk it, even 
financially. Because God is pleased when we put our trust in him. God is pleased when we say, Lord, all that I have, it belongs to you. I'm trusting it into your hands. Lord, I commit my ways before you, and I know that you're going to direct my paths. I don't want my trust to be in the security that I have in finances. Lord, I want my trust to be fully in you and knowing that you know me and that you will oversee the affairs of my life and that you are no man's debtor. That whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. God, you see my life. You know what I have need of. Lord, I am trusting you. All of us, I would, I would just about guarantee in this room, have moments where we worry about finances, or we have in the past, some struggles that we've encountered perhaps financially. It's a great opportunity for us to say, Lord, I'm yielding this part of my heart over to you. Point number two this morning, at risk socially, at risk socially. We find the story of a man here in the Word of God in Genesis chapter 6, verses 13 through 14, who was called to do something that no one else had ever been asked to do. And God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth, so make yourself an ark. Something that had not been seen before. There was no corner shop that he could run down to and buy an ark. There was no blueprint out there. There was no one to model after and As he is building this, the people around him are mocking him and shunning him. He becomes an outcast in society because he is putting his life at risk, even his social standing at risk, because he decides to do something very different. He decides to go against the tide of current popular belief, and he decides to obey the voice of God regardless of the consequences And I truly believe that there's a lesson in here for us today that God will call or call you to take a stand in life when everyone around you may not understand. Everyone around you may ridicule, may point, may question and cause you to even question in your heart, what am I doing? Is this silly? Is this right? There were, have been some moments in my life where I've made decisions that People even in my family did not understand. I didn't even feel like I could come up with a good explanation as to why I did it other than I'm trying to obey the voice of God. Maybe you have encountered that same journey and road in your life. There will be times when people won't understand and you will receive ridicule and perhaps even persecution. But my friends, don't avoid those moments. Don't avoid putting yourself at risk financially for the kingdom of God. Don't avoid putting yourself at risk socially amongst your peers and even amongst your family. I know of someone who recently, they wanted to go on a mission trip, but their family talked them out of it for fear. I think about the necessary risk that is required to extend the borders of God's kingdom and how it is that you and I are called not to just give this 
part of our, our life over to God once or twice, but to, 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 to begin to develop a habitual pattern in our life where we are constantly living on the edge, where if God doesn't show up and show himself strong on our behalf, then it's over. For those people who position themselves right in that place at constant risk, God does show up. God does show himself powerfully. God does move through. He wanted the children of Israel to test him, to try him, to trust him, if he would not bless them, if they would simply have faith in him. If you think about the story, I don't have it in the notes here, but when the children of Israel were delivered under the hand of Moses out of Egypt, they built the tabernacle, they worshipped, Moses went onto the mountain, received the commandments of God. Then they went to Kadesh Barnea, and there they were at the border of the promised land. Twelve spies were gathered together, and those spies were sent in for 40 days to look at the land that God had promised all the way back to Abraham. The spies went in. Spies came back. Ten of them gave a negative or a bad report. They said the risk is too great. They're like giants in the land. We can't do it. There's too much bad consequence for us if we try this. Yet two said, yes, there's risk, but with God, we can do all things. God, if he is before us, who can be against us? God looked at the response of those men. The two men that responded by saying, yes, let's take the risk. God promised they would see the promised land. The ten men who stepped away from the edge of risk, God killed them with a plague. And as a result, because the people joined with the ten men, he says, because you have not trusted me, because you have backed off from the edge of throwing yourself into my care, you're going to wonder for another 40 years. And everyone over 20 years old will not enter the promised land, all because they refused to take a risk and trust God. God considers this very seriously. I'm not going to say you're going to be struck with the plague tomorrow, but what I am saying is that God is after your heart and what you put your trust in. And God constantly prepares things in our lives, circumstances, to test where our faith and trust is. And he asks us to take risk. Another word for risk is faith. To have faith in his ability to care and handle us. Let's look at point number three. The word for your note is physically, at risk, physically. We find a story here in Daniel chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. It's a story where the rulers of the land, they issue a decree that anyone who prays to any other than the king um, will be sentenced to death and put in the lion's den. And we read here that now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room and where the, window, and where, uh, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. 
Daniel understood the physical risk involved in standing. And in the face of what others and the leaders even said around him, he made the decision that there was one person he would not step back from. There was one person who, who he would not let go of. And even if that meant great risk to his personal health, to his physical state. And as a result of his love and fear for the Lord and his passion to follow him, he went home after hearing this decree, opened the windows of his house, and prayed like he had done before, knowing that the consequences would come. Knowing that physical harm could come to him, but in spite of it, he took the risk physically. There might be financial risk for you. There might be social risk for you. There might be physical risk for you. But my friends, the job that we have as the church today, let me say it this way, the church should be leading the example when it comes to risk-taking and extending God's kingdom. The world should look at us and say, look at the acts of faith that these men and women in the body of Christ are taking to obey their God and extend the borders of God's kingdom and to declare his name into all peoples. Look at the risk that they're taking, even the peril that they're putting their natural bodies in. And certainly history records men and women who at great risk to their bodies stepped over and obeyed the Lord and suffered the penalty physically, being burned at the stake, being crucified upside down, being drugged by horses, the list goes on and on, of the men and women who put themselves at great risk. God is pleased when we take risk. We have to be careful that as the church, we don't become so safe, so controlled, that what happens in this room defines our Christianity. What happens as you just sit in these chairs? Today, we've really removed a lot of the risk out of being a Christian. Socially, we maybe don't want to speak up at certain times in the break room and share Christ. Financially, we've got our plans, or we're so far in debt that it's going to take us a long time to even get to the point to where we could make a decision of taking a risk for the things of God. God is calling us as a church to be a people who will live on the edge and take risk and throw ourselves headlong into his purpose. That's point number four this morning. At risk emotionally. This is a strong one for you if the others haven't been so far. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 2. This is a story of when God uh, comes to Abraham and says, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. I really can't think of any more emotional risk than God asking Abraham to take his only son, who he made a point of saying, whom you love. God knew the emotional attachment that Abraham had for his only son. He knew the years that Abraham had spent on his knees crying before him, asking him to fulfill this promise of bringing him a son. 
He knew that the relentless pursuit in the heart of Abraham to finally have embraced this promise and had this young boy bouncing on his knee, playing with him every day, holding him, cherishing this beautiful possession. But then God comes with the ultimate test. Will you even put your emotions at risk? And will you give me back that which has occupied and now holds the chief place in your heart? And with that, Abraham takes the young boy and leads him up a mountain. And we know the story, how he is fully committed to going through with what God has called him to do. He shows and proves to God, I'll take the risk. And even if I slay this boy, I'm still going to trust you, God, that somehow you'll raise him from the dead and we'll walk back home together. Hebrews 11 declares that. Abraham was willing to go all the way and through with all the orders of God. He was willing to risk even his emotions. He was willing to put those aside and say, God, I'm trusting you regardless of the consequences, regardless of what comes my way. I'm going to put it all at risk. I'm trusting you. And here's a little side note for us parents in the room today. There is no greater lesson than you can give your children, but by showing resolute obedience to God. Some would say, well, put your children first. I say, put God first. Let them see mom and dad, even at times if necessary, making sacrifices, making decisions that put even the family welfare at risk. Some of you think, well, my job is to provide security for my family. I understand that. I want security for my family. But I believe that there is something even greater that I can model for them than earthly security. It's obedience, radical obedience to the call of God, obeying regardless of the consequences, even if it means suffering. Can I hear a loud amen? What if it risks their education? It's a big one here, isn't it? (laughs) As most of us are in some way involved in education here. What if they don't get the best education? Could we still trust God that he can order the affairs of their life? That God can take young hearts and mold them and shape them into world changers as we see recorded in this beautiful book, the Bible? Are we willing to even take risk with our children and say, God, uh, this doesn't make sense to the natural world, but I'm going to risk my child's future and make decisions for their future based on fully trusting you and committing them into your hands. What a new path we would open up for many of our children by modeling for them, God is first. Amen? Point number five, the final point for this morning. At risk relationally. At risk relationally. It's a story of Gideon. I can't hardly tell a sermon without bringing Gideon into it. uh, Judges chapter 6, verses 25 through 28, it tells the story of when God comes to Gideon, calls him a mighty warrior, takes a while for God to fully convince him, that he is the warrior. He finally buys into it slowly. 
Then God says, here's the first test for you. I want you to go up on that mountain, and you see that pole that, that sits up there, that, that, that uh, idol, that Asher pole that is a symbol of Baal and paganism. I want you to go up on that mountain that towers over your village, over your family, and over your people that they built, and I want you to tear it down, and I want you to sacrifice bulls on the wood that you make from that altar and give me a sacrifice. Well, so far things had gone all right between Gideon and God, but at this, Gideon said, I don't know if I can do this because the townspeople and because my family, they've all built that. But Gideon had to come to a point where he was even willing to risk relationships in order to obey God. He was willing to risk the scorn, the being outcast with, from his own household and community because he would make a decision to put himself at risk in obeying God. We see this. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did what the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. And in the morning when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished and the Asher pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. Gideon did it. He risked his place and position socially and relationally with the people around him. He risked it in, 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 in accepting the call of God and the commands of God to obey Again, regardless of the consequences. And there are times where obeying God is going to put relationships even at risk. Those are difficult moments, but God foremost comes first. So maybe you have faced this, and maybe you're in a situation right now where you're having to make decisions, and you know that that could harm relationships. If you're doing it, as one being led by the Holy Spirit, then let me encourage you today, trust God in that process. Trust God that you're taking a stand and the decisions that you're making to follow and pursue Him will somehow work together for your good and that God will be glorified even in your relationships, that God will be seen, recognized, and known. And finally, we have a verse here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 one that I think is familiar to all of us. It says this, and without faith. I'm going to inject the words here. Without taking risk, it is impossible to please God. This is your calling. It's not a request. It's not an invitation by God. He says, the just, those who are my children, will live a lifestyle of taking risk in having to trust me completely. This is God's design for us. So if you're here today and you like playing it safe, maybe you could pray a bold prayer today. God, help me to learn how to take risk for your sake. Help me to get out of this place that is like a rut or a prolonged grave where I have found myself in, where I have everything calculated, worked out, and it's all according to my own abilities, 
my own security, my own ways of doing things, Lord, begin to move me out of that place so that I can grow as an individual, that I can experience you in great ways, but Lord, so that your wonderful nature can flow through me to achieve your purposes. That is really why God calls us to take risk, so that he gets the glory, and God's hand gets to be proven strong in our life. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these strong words that have come to our heart today. They're not easy, God. They challenge us where we live. They challenge us to not settle, to not just accept a comfortable, safe lifestyle that when conflicting with your call and that when flowing against the tide of what seems most secure to us, God, in those moments, Lord, help us to begin to step out. Help us to begin to see that there are risks involved in living the Christian life. Lord, that this world is waiting for your children to step out and begin to take bold, courageous risk. That, Lord, the Bible is filled with stories of men and women who decided against their own peril and their own security to step out financially, socially, physically, relationally, in every area, God, emotionally. Because the supreme reward in obeying you outweighed anything else. Lord, I pray that there can be an adjustment in our hearts today. And where we have allowed fear from stepping out to imprison us from something greater, imprison us from experiencing something more in you, I pray that that fear can be replaced by a boldness in our heart to say, God, I make the decision to trust you today. I make the decision to step out today and to entrust myself into your hands and into your care. Father, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I'm in your hands and that I'm safe. Father, I thank you for helping hearts here today, helping us to live lives that are at risk. In Jesus' name, amen.